But this podcast and our, like Sid said, our webinars and all that, it's really there to, it's not just to funnel you to becoming a student. Obviously, that's, we would love to work with as many people as we can, but it really is to just give to the community freely, especially during times like COVID. Yeah. And we want to help as much as we possibly can. And so we're here. We're queer. <laughs> we are. We are here in queer. I'm Sid Sharice. And I'm David Bosher. And you're listening to Destroy the Hairdresser, the podcast. Where we teach you to salon differently. So Sid, we have been telling all of our followers and listeners that if they want to make money behind the chair or in a salon, they've got to get rid of all of their retail, which I'm sure everyone thinks we're crazy for saying that. But tell them what we're doing. We are so excited to be partnering with Hair Story, who absolutely has one of the best affiliate programs in this entire industry. They are reimagining the way that we do hair. If you don't know what an affiliate program is, imagine making money from your clients who buy their products online. Hair Story has perfected this idea. Should we give them a free product? We should. Go to hairstory.com slash DTH to get your free pouch of new wash. I just got a new customized booking website and a free e-reader. That's genius. Yeah, Gloss Genius. Gloss Genius has some of the best customer service support in the industry. Not only that, but they also have the lowest processing fees in the industry at 2.6%, no hidden fees, and free same-day deposits because you know we're all about that money. DTH listeners get their first month free on us as well as a free credit card reader, an $80 value. To sign up, head to the App Store, download Gloss Genius, and enter the code DESTROY. So it's January 7th of 2020. It's the 8th. (laughs) It's day, it's day 383 of 2020. I watched this TikTok the other day about how time's messed up in that we're actually still in 2020. And that's why there was like a second where the ball didn't drop. So we're in like a parallel universe and dimension. <laughs> it hurt my head so bad that I had to like, like it literally gave me a mini panic attack and I just had to put my phone down and lay down. <laughs> mini panic attack is what I've been feeling. Micro attack. Yeah. A micro pee attack. It still micro feels pee. that very much like that. Like even New Year, like going into the new year, I was like counting down and I was just like, I'm gonna count down until I can put my head on my pillow. Like it was <laughs> not anything that we, I wanted to do. Josh and I stayed up till midnight and then and we went to bed. Barely we stayed up till midnight. <laughs> we were in bed by twelve fifteen. I I FaceTimed you at midnight and you were like in bed. <laughs> and that yeah, and then woke up to just more chaos in the world. I haven't seen you in about a month because I left to well, go you're to my... actually, you're here with me now. I know, but I'm upstairs and you're downstairs. But we got this spark of being able to record in the studio and then now we're back on Zoom, but it's been great. And thank God for <laughs> Hanger Studios and our wonderful pro team to make this sound awesome. So well, I'm just excited that this new year we have 
a whole new podcast setup. Oh my gosh, you guys. You heard from our newest sponsors that we've been working with and we are still building those relationships. And I, I know that you and I really hope to build relationships with sponsors that we know will help our listeners. We've been doing this podcast for four years now and it's time. It's time to level it up. And in order to do that, we need help. And that's that's the direction we're going into. Also, like, what did everybody think about our new music? <laughs> It's sexy. Every time I hear it, I'm like, yeah, like I start like... <laughs> I play it for people just on its own. And <laughs> like, I'm obs- I'm obsessed with it. So I'm I'm hoping everyone else is, is loving it as well. You know, we wanted to have new music. We wanted to have new sponsors. We wanted to take a stronger approach to the podcast because... New topics. Everything's new. It's a new year. But our focus is really that there are no more rules. Yeah. New, new year, year, no rules. No rules. And I think before, a couple of years ago, we had new year, you know, there's like new year, new you, mm-hmm. and there's new year, new, new year, new boo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now it's like new year, who the fuck knows what's going on? Yeah. New year, stay quiet. Don't touch anything. New stay year. Stay alive. Nothing's changed. Just get used to surviving and, and hopefully thriving. And we want to give people the tools to get there. Because I don't think 2021, to be honest... I don't think it's going to be that much different than 2020. I don't need that. And you know what? So many people thrived through the chaos in 2020. And I know our students were killing it. So I think that that's the shift that we all have to make. It's like, we've been dealt this hand. What are we going to do with it? It's not going back to normal. This, this is, is the new normal. This is the world that we live in now. And I think learning how to live in it. By the way, no one taught us how to live in the other one. I don't know how we, we just figured it out. Mm-hmm. But then 2020 hit and I think we're all kind of realizing we have to make different changes. We have to change our circle of friends. We have to change who our audience is. We have to change how we do business and who we work. Like, we just have to really take into account what we want in our lives and what we yeah. don't want in our lives. And so I think the new year, no rules situation is that there are no rules anymore. Things that work don't work anymore. Everybody has to kind of get out of the box. And luckily, in my opinion, Destroy the Hairdresser has been pushing people to do that for years. So I think that's why our students did really well during this time because they oh, yeah. they were kind of trained before 2020 to like take risks and to jump into uncertain areas of business mm-hmm. and and really kind of go above and beyond. And so I think when 2020 hit, they kind of already they'd already been training for that. Marathon. That's exactly what I was going to say. So you read my mind. So thank you for that. I was going to say the work that we've been doing with our students for the past couple of years it it really showed this year and it it really showed off even us like we do the work that we tell you to do and like all the emotional intelligence work all the reactivity work and so no one taught us how to be a coach in a freaking pandemic so we were like ah. but we just used the tools that we've always known and that actually was the best thing that we could have had in our tool belt i'm excited for this year because i think now is the time to all those changes that everybody wanted to make that they were maybe afraid to make. Now I think is the time that we make them. And I think now if you needed the excuse, I think, you know, you have an excuse now, nothing makes sense anymore. So I think I saw a post someone on Instagram, someone said, times are weird. So it's time to get weird. Yeah. Or, you know, like, and I kind of agree. I kind of agree so with that. So if 2020 showed us anything, life is a little short. So like, <laughs> let's just, like, what are we waiting for? People are like, oh, I'm going to do that in a year. It's like, why? Why not just do it now? And the one shift that was really cool was that I saw 
everyone, because we were home, dive into technical education. And that's awesome, right? But 2021, we're like, we have to, we've taken the technical, we've learned all we can with our razor cutting and our curls and our specialties. And now it's like, what are we doing with that? And I think everybody needs to really shift this year into how we're elevating our businesses and not our technique because you have the knowledge now. How are we making it into something that's actually greatly profitable? And that's what we need. I think in previous years, you and I tried to steer away from really pushing people to get business education because we didn't Mm -hmm. want to come off as sales. Yeah. Like we didn't (laughs) want you to think we were selling you something, but now we're like, okay, what we actually offer is extremely important, very powerful. All the testimonials that we're getting from our students are blowing my mind. Mm-hmm. I'm excited to share that with everyone. And now I'm kind of coming from this place like, everybody get on the ship, we'll help you. Well, whether it's with us or not, everybody needs support. And I think that's the one thing that people aren't investing in. Like, you need to have some sort of coach accountability, you need to have some sort of guide path curriculum, like something that's going to keep you on point because it is impossible to do it on your own. Like you need, even the people that are doing things on their own, they still have support on the back end. So it's like, we have to shift into that mentality. And that's why we talk about salon differently. Like you have to start elevating your business and profiting. And it's so important too, because we, we really focus our students on getting out of debt and coach joy. One of our coaches just launched a class called save your way to one, 101k. And it was all about way to 101 K with Joy LeMay. Yeah. It was so great. I was like, it rhymes. It's great. And that (laughs) class, I mean, we had like over 400 signups for this class, which was incredible. And the information that she created, this class that she created all about getting yourself out of debt and planning for a better year was so powerful that everybody started doing it. And so I cannot stress enough. If you want to look into that class, go to story at the hairdresser.com and it's, we'll be launching it. We'll be talking about it all over Instagram. So you'll be able to purchase it shortly, but By the time this podcast comes out. What I liked about her class is that she did it. She saved her way to $101,000. And when she asked if she could teach a class on savings, I was like, well, how much have you saved? She's (laughs) like, you know, we just hit 101. I'm like, yeah, yes, you (laughs) have to teach people how to do that. And so I, I think the way that she broke it down and the information that she shared was really powerful. And yeah, like Sid said, visit destroythehairdresser.com. It's on the featured class site. If you listen to this podcast way, way later, then you'll have to just shoot us a DM, DM. and ask for it. But <laughs> yeah, it's a short amount of time too, which was really incredible. I, I don't think people realize, like, I don't think people do math enough because I think there's a lot of reactive, like how we teach our fight, flight, and fright. And a lot of people really live in the flight realm with it when it comes to money. So they run away from it as quickly as possible. And one of my students told me that um, in 13 years, she'd be 45 and she wanted to retire with a million dollars in her bank by then. And so I did the math of what she would have to bring in a year or what she'd have to put away a year, a week, a day to save. And when I gave her those numbers, she was so stoked because she was like, that's more than achievable. Like she was so happy. She's like, I don't understand why I wasn't doing this before. And so she's totally, whenever we talk about our students, they're like, I heard you talk about me on a podcast. So she's going to (laughs) know that it's her, but that's the power of it too. It's like our whole program is to bring consciousness and awareness to things that we're trying to run away from. And when we talk about fear and stuff, like fear is just the illusion of safety. And so if we can break through that fear, then the minute we do, we're starting to put ourselves in actual safety, which is, crazy. Well, that's what I think 2020 
helped with is people that weren't ready to make changes all of a sudden had to make changes. You were ass kicked into, yeah. <laughs> into the and realm if you of didn't, change. I think a lot of people that suffered, and I don't mean to downplay anyone's suffering, but I do think that the people that suffered the most were the ones that were fighting change or weren't willing to kind of change the way they were doing things. And, I, and that's true. Forget about the pandemic. That's true about anyone's life. When, when it's time to make a change and you fight it, it gets difficult. I'm yeah. the same way. So you're literally trying to swim through waves. It's not. Yeah. So I think, I think having no rules this year is like perfect. Like just we're at destroy the hairdresser. We're like, finally a year where everything can be literally rewritten and made up to work for every type of person, every type of hairdresser, every type of salon owner. And that's the point of our program. We destroy things to rebuild in a more profitable way. Exactly. And that kind of leads us into our belief systems. I know we have episodes where we talk about some of our belief systems and I know that our podcast is kind of an overarching theme of our belief systems. systems. Which by the way, if you don't have belief systems in your business, (laughs) I would really sit down. I, I say this to all my students when it comes to branding. And I know this is a little sidebar coaching moment, but what is your voice? Like, what is your mission? And like, think about your belief system. So I have all my students come up with like anywhere from three to five things that like are the core of their business, whatever that is that makes them them. And I'm like, that's what you talk about. Like talk about it all the time. And since they've shifted into that, it's been really successful. And so that's, you know, you said it in your class in salon consistency, consistency, you said, you know, consistency creates integrity, which equals respect. So it's really important to stay as consistent as possible in that realm. One of the biggest things that we teach that we do not own and that we did not create is the idea of emotional intelligence, mm-hmm. which now more than ever, mm-hmm. we are seeing is much more powerful. There was a study done, I, be, I don't know, it was a study done in Harvard and they were, they were like looking at people, they were looking at successful managers and the managers that scored high on IQ tests but scored low on emotional intelligence tests or they didn't do their job as good as those who scored high on EQ, which is emotional intelligence and low on IQ. So that, you know, there was the study was kind of showing that the intelligence level is not what makes someone a good employee. It's not make someone a good worker or manager. It it's the emotional intelligence level that makes someone a really powerful employee or manager or leader. Mm -hmm. And, I don't think it's, I don't think we live in a world where that's crazy information anymore. No. But I we do. Woke. We woke. Yeah. We're, we woke Generations up a little bit. are woke bit. now. However, I don't, just because we know emotional intelligence is important, I still don't know if people are fully grasping how to increase your emotional intelligence. Mm-hmm. And you can get books on it. There's a book called Emotional Intelligent 2.0, which is really good. Mm-hmm. There are classes that you can take, but really when you work with a coach, and you're working with someone who's getting to know you inside and out and understand your business and your reactivity and you know the things that you avoid and shy away from, you really get to a place with emotional intelligence that changes your business. Because I know with the students that I work with, once they get a hold of that reactive system, once they get a hold of understanding why certain people, certain situations, mm-hmm. certain conversations drive them away from their business or make them Or unhappy, even their personal responsibility in the situation. Yeah, once they get control over that, their business becomes this whole other game thing changer. For that. Yeah, and I know it sounds simple, but it's actually, I think, in my opinion, one of the hardest things that people can do in business. It's much easier just to run around, yell, and scream, and and try to make more money by yeah. pushing sales and yeah, making people come to work more often, which doesn't actually equal more money. It's easier to do that. It, it releases a lot of energy that way, but 
I think emotional intelligence is probably the biggest thing that we focus on. It's more probably than- our number one belief system is, is like freedom in our emotions too. Like not just like freedom in expressing our emotions, but how we're using our emotions to intelligently change the way we interact in our business every day. And I think that's the biggest thing. It's like, A, one, not everything is about us. <laughs> I think people always make it about them. <laughs> like that's your ego. But two, how how can we learn to like, listen and not react and then process and then find a solution. And I think that's very hard. The biggest thing that's missing. It's all of those connecting things. And I remind my students all the time, like you are human. Like one of my students said to me the other day, she's like, I'm, I asked her what we wanted to focus on in 2021. Like everybody had to give a year in review. Right. And she's like, I want to not be reactive. I want those thoughts to not come in my head. And I'm like, That's not what we want. We want those to come in because that is like our whole mission is to transform those. If we're not having those thoughts come in, then we're not feeling, we're not processing, we're numb, we're robotic. We want them to come in, but it's like what we do with those feelings and how they come out is that's where emotional intelligence comes in. So it's not about not getting angry or mad or sad or having feelings or feeling some type of way about situations. It's like being conscious enough to be like, I need to walk away from this for a minute or so I can come up with like a proactive process for it. Yeah, every and I that's an important thing too is that everyone's proactivity is different than everyone else's. Some people need to walk away from something, some people need to ignore something, some people like it just depends on what your reactivity is. It's not always cuz I do have some students that are like, "Oh, I just learned to walk away from everything now." I'm like, "Nope." nope. That's a reactive response of running away from your problem. <laughs> you can like, run away, but you have to run back at it. <laughs> <laughs> as long as you're running away to figure out what to do, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that's oh but emotional intelligence. I think is I think it's one of the most popular topics in the last couple of years. Still think it's a really misunderstood. I think topic. it's going to be decades before it's really implemented in day to day of the whole world. And then there'll be something else. Yeah, that we do. Well, I'll be just computer systems. By then. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it exactly. won't even matter. <laughs> I do think though. That with all the changes and technology and all this stuff that I think the hairdresser and the salon is becoming really paramount and like importance. Like Mm -hmm. people are, they want to go to the salon. They want to connect with hairdressers. No one's ever going to pay a robot. I shouldn't say They want to be touched. I shouldn't say no one's ever going to pay a robot to cut their hair because that's going to bite me in the ass. Mm -hmm. But (laughs) for right now, I think that like hairdressers became somewhat essential in a really interesting way in the last year. Yeah. Um, and so Even then, people paying over Zoom <laughs> to jack up their own bangs. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. They just wanted to connect with their their hairstylist. Yeah. And so I think we we are much more important than we give ourselves credit for. And that also puts us in control of our pricing and how we deal with clients and who we work with. And I think that's something that we also teach. But again, this year has kind of set us up to really this is the year to take advantage of the no rule policy, which is yeah. raise your you, prices. If you were to afraid, what? whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you were afraid to raise your prices before, why? Yeah. What do you have to lose at this point? Also, those people that aren't ready to go to hourly, I know destroy the hairdresser. We have always taught really focusing on hourly pricing. And I really, and I know Sid and I both really believe that hourly pricing will be how salons charge in the future. So I think so many people were doing it. So many people have shifted into that mentality as our students and even not being our students. I see people that weren't students out there in industry industry doing it. And I'm like, yes, like what we've been saying for years is finally coming into effect. And that's, that's what we need. I think charging your worth for your time 
and lumping all of those surcharges and extra things and tipping all into one price point. Like when we tell you to raise your price, you know, $50, like we're including the tipping into that. Like it's just one flat price. My clients love it. The fact that I don't even tell, they Venmo me sometimes before I even talk to them. (laughs) I think the biggest thing that we hear with that one is, oh, if I don't make tips, then my boss gets half of the tip. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, we're, oh, I'm so over that argument. The argument is so small and the math is is not, Yes, and they, I'm sure that a lot of people listening to are getting really reactive about us being like raise your prices because the pushback that we get are well, it's slow right now. Well, you still need to do a physical action. Like there still needs. To, <laughs> I've been telling everybody like it's like a, a leaky bucket syndrome right now. So like our business is a filled bucket, but we're constantly losing people or people aren't coming back as much, and so we have to have our whole shift needs to be finding the new, finding our ideal client because now people that used to come see us like every quarter are seeing us maybe once or twice a year. So. If you're finding new clients in January, they're not going to see you again till like June, July. And if you're finding February, they're not coming back to August. And, you know, so you have to start shifting like that. So every month your focus needs to be filling in those new, new things. It's almost like you have multiple sets of different clients. Like I have my July, my January, July, I have my February, August, I have my, you know, like in March, September clients and, and think of it like that. And so this is why it's so important to, charge your worth, charge for your time, charge for your value and make sure that you're really consistent on finding new. There's no reason to give away your worth or value just because it's slow. That's a reactive fear-based response. Again, fear, creating the illusion of safety. You feel safe by charging less. And if anything, you're you're hurting yourself in the long term. It is shocking to me who won't raise their prices because it's not even just about it's slow. Like people won't raise their prices and they're 100% booked. Yeah. It's really and they're it's, like, I'm overworked. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. You can't have both. You gotta, you gotta pick one. So this is the year to really do that. There are no rules anymore. Not only are there no rules, there's no schedules. Like the you days don't work that Saturdays take them off days that were busy. Aren't busy anymore. Days mm-hmm. that weren't busy are now the main busiest day. So when we say seasons no, don't exist anymore. Yeah. Seasonal work, that's that's going to go away. And if you are in an area that has seasonal work, I definitely recommend working with a coach to get your business out of that seasonal cycle. cycle. And there's enough people that live in areas that will pay you and it isn't seasonal. So we should be busy all year round, not just in the fall. <laughs> exactly. Or vice versa. Yeah. So really, really important to break through all that old shit that everyone's been weighed down with in the last couple of years. That's what's going to, I think, get us through 2021 is like, oh, I can't be who I was last year. Can't, it doesn't, that person doesn't do well in the future. Emotional intelligence, hourly pricing, raising your pricing. We also really talk a lot about streamlining, which Mm -hmm. we talk about streamlining when it comes to your employees. We talk about streamlining when it comes to products. We talk about streamlining when it comes to what you offer. Everything in a business needs to be streamlined and kind of shaken down and made very simple. So many salons that we talk to, so many hairdressers that we talk to have really complicated setups or how they pay their staff or their commission rate or how they- How their clients even pay. Yeah, exactly. I've had a lot of hairdressers that they're like, well, my clients pay- the fee for a highlight, but then they there's a COVID charge now. And then I do salon scale, which we love salon scale, but then I do salon scale. So then I charge them extra for that color. But the reality is salon scale is good for you to have if you're measuring color so that you know what you're using. And your costs and expenses. Yeah, but don't charge 
people for that. Another reason why to go to hourly because your client doesn't see, need to see every single charge. It's just this is our charge for the time. Right. And your tipping, your COVID charge, your your product charge, everything is involved in that one process. And that's right. what makes it simple. Exactly. The rest, like using a scale to measure your color is good for your business and knowing if you're wasting color, if you're wasting product, that's good for you to know and for you to figure out how to solve that. But that's like going to a restaurant and they charge me for the butter and the salt and like, <laughs> that would be insane. And then they're like, well, I will just eat bland food because I don't want it. <laughs> but if I was to you know, same thing. If I didn't have a choice and I was just paying a flat fee and I got this gourmet seasoned meal. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to know that you charged me for the butter. Just throw Put it, it in. on potato. <laughs> I think the biggest thing that we teach is removing product and removing yeah. retail. And, and I, switching to more products that are going to enhance your business. Like Hairstory, right? Yeah. There are companies like Hairstory that have really... Hairstory is the first that I knew of that did it the way that they have done it. I know there's a lot of... affiliate links. Yeah, there's a lot of companies that do affiliate links, but Hairstory figured out a way to really have kind of... You know, you get paid in multiple different ways. It's Mm -hmm. not just sold a product, made 30%. Like you get paid for referrals. You get paid for all these different different approaches to their product line and you don't have to carry it in the salon. And then you can put a station where all that product was, or you can just get rid of product in general. The future station minimally for the salon owners out there could bring in anywhere from 20 to 30 grand profit for your salon and 60 to 70 grand profit for the stylist. So like, think about, think about, what that one station, like what that front desk is taking up, what that product station is taking up, like how can we minimize? And that's what we talk about with streamlining is like find companies that are going to invest back in you where it's a mutual thing versus you spending $40,000 to have products sit and collect dust on your shelf. Like that doesn't make sense to me. The message is to stop buying product. You don't have to. We live in a digital world. Affiliate links, Amazon. Half of these companies ship to your clients. You don't even have to carry them. Exactly. Which so is great. work with a coach to figure out how to set your business up that way. Then you can actually make money on your retail. Cause when you put it on your shelves, you don't make that much money. Yeah. And we have proven this time and time again, when we do the math with people that like, it's not that you're not making any money. It's just that you're not making as much as you think you're making. You right? make more off of having a stylist there. Exactly. And I think a lot of people too, it's the same with haircutting. It's like when I ask, what's the one thing that we do in a salon that makes the most money and people say color, but it, it's not the thing we make the most is haircutting because it doesn't cost us anything. There's no overhead. But when you do color, it does cost you product and foils and heat and everything. Mm-hmm. Like but when you're doing a haircut, it's simple, very very simple. So streamline, get rid of the things you don't need, get out of the relationships that aren't good for your income, change the way that you do business. Listen to Joy Lemay's class and how to save your <laughs> way to a hundred hundred one thousand dollars. Another belief system that we have too is freedom in scheduling and freedom. Obviously we talked about freedom in pricing, but freedom in scheduling is like working. What is the most important schedule to you? Like what works for you and salon owners working with your team to find their ideal schedule as well, rather than being like, you have to work these days because that's just not realistic anymore, especially with the way the world is like, especially parents are doing their teachers now, you know, or uh, if you have, or you're taking care of family or, or maybe COVID you're in school scare. or COVID scare. So like, it's not about working six days a week anymore to build your business. It's about working two days a week, charging a higher price point so that you're more proactive in those days you're working and then you're less exposed 
you have more time off to rest because that is what's missing. But if anything, 2020 showed us that we could take two, three, four, five, six, seven months off and a lot of us still be able to be successful. And it's like, why I have so many people like, I made more money this year and I had two months off. It's like, well, why weren't we building that two months off into our schedule? Like, why aren't we taking off time quarterly to rest our bodies to heal so we don't get sick? Why aren't we, you know, just in general, not just with COVID, with the flu, with bronchitis, with pneumonia, with just the common cold, like this, it ruins our bodies. So if anything, if I can stress, build in that downtime into your next year, I know we've done it. We've reevaluated our schedules and we already had a great schedule, I thought. And so now (laughs) they're even more. And it's, it's really important that we really plan that out and, I have a student that put in mental health days for herself. And what's great is that like that extra day is like, let's say she took it off at like the third week of the month, but she needed that mental health day in the first week. She had that day that she had already rescheduled to like put clients in. So it was like a buffer so that she wasn't in a spot where she felt like she had to overwork herself just for taking time off. We can't live like that anymore. It's every, a vicious cycle. Every salon that I work with and I coach privately, we really get them to a place where I'm like, listen, you don't need to be in charge. Commission salons don't. We talked about this in our podcast episode. About commission about commission salons. <laughs> like commission salons, especially, don't need to be in charge of scheduling. There's this like weird belief that they're supposed to be. So all the salons that I work with, we get their staff to a place where you can have unlimited vacation days, unlimited sick days. And there's ways to run a business, still make money, still get to that next level with everyone and not have to go like, tighten in on everyone's schedule mm-hmm. like well how are you going to make that up and how are you going to do this and I, it, it's none of that it's really just coming from a place it's of, not about making up i took it off i can't make it up yeah the the making up time when we say like giving people freedom and scheduling and unlimited vacation and sick time and things like that it makes people really reactive like instantly and uh, the funny thing is is and we said it before it's like you forget that people really want to work and, they need to, and that they need to work. And if you're giving them that freedom, they're going to come into work. And obviously, if you have a staff member that's taking off so much that it's affecting the business because you have clients coming in, coming in, and not a stylist to take it, then that stylist isn't for you. Like, let them go and find a stylist yeah. that wants to work. That's, I always have that question. What if I let them take all? What if they take every week off? I'm like, then they can't work there. Or you take away the weekends that they're not showing up for and they don't get to work Saturdays anymore, you know? Give the schedule to someone. Like, you're not obligated to, like, sit there and wait for them to get back. (laughs) Anger. Filled with anger. You can still hire people and put people in your team. Like, I and I talk about this all the time with salon owners, especially there's this mentality, like, I'm going to build my team and they're going to be perfect and then I'm done. And people really focus on, I only want a team of four or five people, but you could have a team of 10 people working less days, less exposure, like splitting the chairs, you know, obviously proper sanitation and things like that, where people aren't like, you could utilize every time that that space is open. And that's what people aren't thinking about. They're just letting the chairs sit empty. I would rather have a space of 10 people that I barely see Mm -hmm. than four people that I always see. Exactly. (laughs) That's how I... That's how I see it. But yeah, I think streamlining and giving like, and it's important when it comes to freedom, freedom does not mean anarchy. It doesn't mean that people can do whatever they want. It's really just giving people the ability to prove they can handle being an adult Mm -hmm. in the business. Personal responsibility. 
I love that you said it doesn't mean anarchy because a lot of people don't know what freedom means. So <laughs> it's really important that we stress that. <laughs> it doesn't mean do whatever the hell you want. It just means not being shackled down to a belief system that is old and not working anymore. We're not in that industry that we used to be even 10 years ago. So we have to start shifting. And those are those are our belief systems in a nutshell. And we really think that the industry is going to start moving into those directions. We're already seeing it. We're here to support you if you want to try them. I know some of the things that we've said maybe sparked a little reaction, but that's okay. Like book a call with us. Let's talk about it. Come to our free classes. Every month we do a free brunch that we've been doing that has been incredibly successful where the last Sunday of every month we hang out with everybody and we have specific topics and special guests and it's 30 minutes long and we encourage you just to come and get ready for the combo and go. And so if you're we looking for free education, out. Out y'all. yeah, <laughs> we put out so people are like, well, what if we can't afford a coaching? Like we have gotten so much great feedback from people that weren't in a financial position to um, afford our coaching which we have to charge our worth and value as well. But they have taken um, advantage of every podcast episode, every free webinar, all the brunches, and they were able to change their career based off that. And now they're at a point where they, like one of them messaged us the other day and they were like, we're going to join coaching now because we work so hard with all the tools that you gave us for free over 2020, which is incredible. I love hearing that. I think the, the most feedback we get is after people have been listening to our podcast for about a year, they have taken a few of our webinars. They've listened to some of our classes. And then they're like, I'm ready. Yeah. And I love that because I know Throw they're ready. In, coach. I know. Yeah. I know they're ready because they digested a lot of that material over the last year they've been following us. So even if you're not ready to jump into coaching, yes, we're here. We have a whole coaching team. That's really what we do. But this podcast and our, like I said, said our webinars and all that, it's really there to it's not just to funnel you to becoming a student. Obviously, that's we would love to work with as many people as we can, but it really is to just give to the community freely, especially during times like COVID. Yeah, and we want to help as much as we possibly can. And so, I think I think giving we're here, your, we're queer. We are, we are here in queer, <laughs> and we just found out that Sid, you want to share your news? Yeah. Okay. So, sidebar. <laughs> <laughs> this is where this is where the music will fade into it. I know, right? I don't know if anybody even cares to listen to this, but I'm going to say it anyways because it's my podcast. So whatever. <laughs> uh, I know that I've I've grown up knowing that I am half Cuban. My dad is very Hispanic. He's but we've always been taught that we were Cuban, but we didn't really know because he was kind of like taken in by a, a different family who was Cuban. So we think that that's where. When he was younger, yeah. And so I did a 23 and me. And I always look different though. Like I have fair skin, I have blonde hair, blue eyes. I definitely have a Spanish body. Like I definitely am curvy, <laughs> but I didn't know where I was from. And so I come to find out I am like 52% from Spain. Like straight up, all of my blocks were in Spain, in Europe, and with a very small portion in Cuba. And so that was really cool to know because I was raised my dad is the Spanish culture. And then my mom even made it married a Puerto Rican man. So like that culture kept in to my childhood, but yeah, it was really cool because I have, I don't think I've tapped into it enough, even though my brothers and sisters are also Spanish and every, you know, we all do everything together, but yeah, just wild. I was like, it was, it was confirmed. Like I needed that confirmation that like, okay, you can. That's gotta be weird to think that you're Spanish and, but you're blonde and, you know, not that, mm-hmm. I mean, there are a lot of mm-hmm. blonde and blue-eyed Spanish people, 
Um, but it's not what people think of. I don't think right away. Exactly. So, so yeah, congratulations. Yeah. I on know heritage. <laughs> I'm, I'm excited. Literally British, Irish, and German. There's <laughs> nothing beyond that, according to my 23 and me. Um, <laughs> but apparently, I have the same bloodline as Marie Antoinette's husband, who was also gay. Ah. So maybe I need it to do more research to see down. who in history I'm like related to. But I thought it was so cool. It was so cool looking at it. I had like a very small percent of British, and that was culture. I was like, but I had nothing in America. Nothing. Native American. Mm-hmm. Everyone, Native- even my partner Josh, he was like, who was has been told that he is also Native American, but he's actually like forty six percent Nigerian, mm-hmm. and he's like, I'm pretty sure everyone has told their kids you have a little bit of Native American. In yeah, that's not true. There was none. In- <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's it's like an American thing. Like, oh, and you definitely have like Ch- Cherokee or Chippewa in you, and it's yeah. like. My mom was always like, oh, yeah, we have Cherokee. And as I was like, mom, you are like, no, shut up. You don't even know who you're talking. I bought one for her. She doesn't listen to this podcast. But if she's all Cherokee, but somehow you just didn't get it. I'd be like, where did you get me? <laughs> <laughs> where did you buy me from? <laughs> but oh we are gosh. excited. Should we tell them who we're excited to talk to in our next episode? Yes. Ugh. We get to talk to Andy Does Hair. I know. So you'll get to know all about him and get excited to meet him. And I'm stoked. I can't and wait. You're going to hear a preview of that episode right after this. That's awesome. new for us. We get yeah. previews. So we loved hanging out with you. It's a new year. No rules. We would like to be there for Cheers you. Cheers to fucking killing it this year, people. Let's put do your, it. Put your gas masks on and let's get back to it. <laughs> let's get out there. <laughs> And we'll see you in a couple of weeks. Bye. Next time on Destroy the Hairdresser, the podcast. I'm not trying to become famous. I'm not trying to do this. I'm trying to prove to myself that I'm a good hairdresser um, <laughs> and that I'm going to like continue to like grow in any way that I can is really what it boils down to. And whoever wants to watch it can watch it. Documentation. Exactly. Exactly.